0: Continuing with the chapter uh, called Understanding Dharma, and this section is called The Trapper's Snare. No aches and pains in the body, no fever or sickness, can there be such a thing? We beings are caught, caught in the snares of Mara, the evil one. If we're caught in the snare, Mara can do anything to us. He can afflict us in our eyes, our ears, our limbs, anywhere. It's the same as when someone sets a snare for animals, digs a trapper's pit or baits a hook. When a bird comes to eat and it's caught, what can it do? The snare has it by the neck. Where can it go? It tries to fly, but it can't get away. It struggles, but it can't break the snare. Then the hunter, the owner of the trap, arrives. He sees the bird caught in the snare, just as he had hoped. He grabs the bird, it struggles, and if it tries to nip the hunter or peck at him, he can break its beak. It may try to fly, but he can break its wings. it frantically tries to run, he can break its legs. The owner of the snare has all the authority here. However the bird tries to get away, there is no escaping. Likewise, we are caught in a trap. The Lord Buddha was one who saw and knew clearly according to the truth. He was a prince, an heir to the throne, who enjoyed all the royal treasures and privileges. When he saw what things were, were really like, he renounced everything. He clearly and unmistakably saw the nature of ordinary existence and, without any regrets, left it behind. Seeing it as danger, he fled. Having been born, caught by birth, he saw that he was like a bird caught in a snare, The noose was around his neck. He saw the liability, so he just left it all, just walked away. Thus, after his enlightenment, he pointed this out, showing what is harmful and what's beneficial in this realm of uncertainty. He would not allow himself to be submerged and drown in it. He refused to die there. He would not agree to be caught in the noose, so he was able to renounce the world and remove himself from it. Having seen, having attained realization, he then taught us to know about these things. This is the uh, image of the s- the trapper's snare, a, a trapper, someone who's hunting animals, uh, birds or fishes or, or uh, anim- uh, mammals of various kinds. Um, and uh, this is uh, an image that comes up in the, the suttas uh, fairly, uh, fairly regularly. And Mara is known as the the uh, the hunter um, it's interesting that the english word hunter the hunter mean in pali means killer hunt huntati is to kill so our english word hunter comes seemingly directly from the pali sanskrit um, a killer and so mara is the, the the mara is the hunter and um, th- so this whole this is a theme that lumpur pursues through this uh, with this teaching. In the suttas, there's a, uh, a particularly there's a, a, um, a, a sutta in the Majjhima Nikaya called the Nivapa Sutta, the, the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the bait. Uh, the, so, when a hunter wants to trap an animal, they put out a bait or a fisher, someone trying to catch a fish, puts bait on a, on a hook, something that the, the, the animal that they want to catch is going to like to eat or to get. So, that's called bait. Um, uh, B A I T. And so the Nivapa Sutta is called the bait, and then it uses the image of a, of a herd of deer uh, in the wild, and then how Mara sets, the, the, sets out the bait to catch the, the deer, and then how the deer can avoid being caught. Uh, also, um, a similar image is used in the Ratapala Sutta. So the Nivapa Sutta is Majima Sutta number 25. And then the Ratapala Sutta, Ratapala was one of the um, the great arahants of the Buddha's age. He came from a very privileged family, very very wealthy, very privileged, and the family were not happy with him going off to shave his head and become a, a, a monk and were quite, quite distressed about that. And um, when uh, I think after he'd al- already realized enlightenment, he decided, okay, he was now ready to go back to his uh, original town and went on Bindabhat, but uh, they didn't recognize him when he came, to the, when he came to, the, the, to the door. They kind of shooed him away, because uh, these are the shaven-headed wastrels who stole our son away, you know, get out of here, get lost, you know, you're not welcome. They, oh, they didn't realize it's me, <laughs> at his, his own family house. And so that, uh, uh, I, I didn't read the, the sutta recently, but my memory is that he then, um, sort of going, uh, walking along around the back of the house, one of the the cooks was throwing out some sort of yesterday's porridge. He said, "If you're going to throw that away, you can throw it into my arms bowl." And so that he ate the uh, stale yagu, stale porridge, and then, uh, then but then the 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 cook who was was throwing the the porridge away I thought, "Oh, this is the young master. This is Ratapala. He's uh, he's shaved his head and got a robe on, but I recognise him." And so then uh, word gets back to the family. They make an invitation. And he comes back to um, to to visit the next day. They want to offer him a meal, and uh, they have not only have they got his his former wife and and uh, his sort of um, the uh, the the place all sort of uh, dressed up and, and decked decked out very gloriously, but a large pile of gold, and kind of all this sort of uh, golden riches are stacked in the middle of the floor and. <laughs> With his his uh, his ex-wife there as well, saying, "Here, please take all of this. This is all for you. You know, your um, uh, th- this is your inheritance. Please, uh, please don't walk away from this again. You know, now you come back. Um, this, uh, please, pick up your, you know, take up your, your treasure and your wealth and your uh, your your marriage." And he uh, and he says, "If you really want to make some merit, then you'll take all of that gold and dump it into the middle of the river Ganges." That's, if you really want to do what's worth doing with all of that gold. Um, and so uh, they keep kind of uh, going uh, at him, trying to persuade him. And he, and he says, um, So if, uh, eventually he says, if there is al- alms food to be offered householders, please offer it. Do not harass us. <laughs> In a very sort of polite uh, Pali language. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually they, they offer the alms food, and then he gives a blessing and, and departs and then the the verse or the, the the expression at the end of that whole scenario is, is some you know the, something along the lines of you know the trapper laid out the snare i ate, I, I ate the bait but uh, but i didn't take the hook uh, i ate the bait and now depart leaving the trapper leaving the hunter to lament dang go away the, the the fish took the bait that left the hook you know I leave. I ate the bait and now depart, leaving the hunter, leaving the trapper to lament. So, th- and this is also um, with. Uh, uh, there's also very, um, and, uh, very frequent teachings about uh, Mara embodying the quality of delusion, and the, Im- uh, the embodiment of, of of sensuality and soul-centered uh, attitudes, and. Um, One of the the teachings um, that the Buddha gives is, um, there are forms cognizable by the eye, delightful, enticing, enchanting, pleasing. Um, One who uh, pursues them, takes hold of them, uh, grasps them, then has gone over to Mara's side, and the evil one can do with them as he likes. Very short, (laughs) punchy statement. (laughs) One who grasps hold uh, and then there are sounds cognizable by the ear, flavors cognizable by the tongue, you know, odors cognizable by the nose, and so forth. Uh, that if one goes out to them, if one reaches, uh, one grasps hold of them, one um, say relishes. One relishes those sensory contacts. Then one has gone over to Mara's side, and the evil one can do with them as they like. Like you've taken the bait, so the trapper can do whatever the trapper wants to with you. So it's kind of brutal language, but also I think it's good to bear in mind that uh, Lung did grow up in the northeast of Thailand where there was a lot of uh, trapping of animals, and um, that um, that. Uh, but also I think it's quite appropriate in the in, uh, in source of the language that the Buddha used by saying, yeah, it's, it's brutal if we, if we go over to Mara's side, if we uh, relish what we hear, what we see, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch, what we think. If that's really grasped hold of and relished and, and bought into, then you know, we've uh, we've t- we've taken the bait. You know, they like run a say, "Oh, we've got all that gold," you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that uh, we, if we take the bait, then the 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 hunter can do whatever the hunter wishes. And so then uh, this uh, uh, comment here he says, "Having been born, caught by birth, he, the Buddha, saw that he was like a bird caught in a snare. The noose was around his neck." He saw the liability, the adinava, so he left it all. Just walked away. Uh, thus, in the, after his enlightenment he pointed this out. So it's seeing the, the danger in the, the um, absorption or trying to find satisfaction in that which can't satisfy, trying to find security in that which is uh, insecure. Trying to find satisfaction in that which can't satisfy is bound to be disappointing. So, any thoughts, questions? before we can carry on. By the way, these readings are mostly for the resident community, and uh, and, uh, so also, if people are going to ask questions, please ask questions related to what's being read, rather than random thoughts that have been passing through the mind in the last (laughs) uh, week or so. So please, uh, any thoughts, questions, reflections? Any hooks still hanging out of our lips? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder about the, the town Lip Hook, how that got its, <laughs> that got its name. But I doubt whether it's got a Buddhist influence on it. But who knows? Uh, there's a chitter's cottage on Chithurst Lane, spelled C I T T A S, which was already there before the monastery arrived. So, where Lip Hook got its name from, who knows? Okay, well, to continue. Let's not speculate. Still, though he explained the faults and dangers, the obscurations of people prevent them from seeing. The mind is so thick, so dark. It just stays like that and keeps on accumulating afflictions and desires. In all these dharmas, if we investigate, we can see the liability and suffering in them. Just as it is said, birth is suffering, Jatipi Dukkha. We are born into this world. Do we suffer? We have contacted birth. We have arms and legs, eyes and ears. All these things coming into existence are just suffering coming into existence. Then we have to find a way to get by, to struggle, to support ourselves, raise a family and so forth. We contact something and become stuck in attachment. We touch something else and get mired in that. There is is headache and worry about ourselves, anxiety over children, concern over wealth and possessions. Having been born, anything can degenerate at any time. The ears can degenerate into deafness. The eyes can lose their sight. Pain can afflict the limbs or any other parts of the body. We cannot soar away because we're caught in the snare, the snare of the trapper. It's up to the trapper now to do as he wishes. We're in the trap. He can take care of us and raise us, or he can break our beaks, break our wings. The trap represents the demon of the aggregates, or the demon of the afflictions. So this is uh, uh, so the um, the Panchupadana Kanda, the uh, the upadana kandas, or the five focuses of the grasping mind, or the the, um, the five um, groups uh, of uh, subject to clinging. So the, uh, it's and it can uh, when when a, a dhamma teacher speaks in this kind of way, it can seem quite sort of pejorative or, or negative. You know all these things coming into exi- existence are just suffering coming into existence but um, that uh, is also very true to the to the um, uh, to the Buddha's teaching as he is saying whatever arises is dukkha arising whatever ceases is dukkha ceasing he kind of, he sort of distills it down to the the essence of the essence of the essence and and uh, so, you know, essentially um if it's really looked at, and it, rather than being a negative uh, view on life, if the mind is creating the world of things and objects and people and uh, uh, ma- and materiality, if it's giving that a false solidity, in that in giving it false solidity, necessarily there's dukkha. If the mind doesn't uh, attach to the khandas, if it if it knows uh, all of the different formations, mental, physical, and, and uh, uh, Coarse and fine and so forth. If it knows them as they are, then it doesn't create dukkha. If there's vijja, the uh, the result of that is nibbana. If there's avijja, if there's ignorance, the result is dukkha. That's a simple formula. <laughs> so that uh, yeah, the, uh, when he says all these things coming into existence, they're just suffering coming into existence. You might think, well, that's a bit of a negative <laughs> outlook, or it's a bit sour. Uh, but um, I would say from the from the Dhamma perspective uh, rather than that being a negative point of view it's extraordinarily realistic and helpful and, and liberating um, because it's saying yeah, if it's changing <laughs> don't cling if, it, if it's a material thing if it's a thought or a feeling or an emotion if it, any, any kind of an object any kind of a formation as soon as the mind clings then the conditions for the causes for dukkha have been have been planted if the mind doesn't cling then the causes for dukkha are not there so that um, the when he says the demon of the aggregates, again it can sound a little bit um, demonizing <laughs> pun intended uh, it, it, it can be sort of demonizing the five khandas but it's also um, that they're the upadana khandas or the, the, the five groups that are, are subject to clinging and um, I think uh, with the um, some of the uh, uh, Anagarikas, Anagarika's uh, a while ago, I was talking about the the one of the, the ways of understanding this this term because uh, kanda is quite an ordinary household term in Pali. It means a lump or a heap or a group. Uh, the The town of Kandy in Sri Lanka comes from the fact it's on a hill. It's a it's a lump <laughs> in the landscape. It's Kandy is the kanda, It's a, it's a hill. It's a lump. So, or your, your shoulder is a, a kanda, you know, it's like a a, a pile. And then, the, so the upadana kandas when it gets um, translated into English, sometimes it's things like the aggregates of grasping. It's a pretty weird terminology. It's like, You know, what does that mean, uh, an aggregate? Usually in, in English, using the word aggregate, it usually means a kind of gravel that you use to make roads and pathways with this thing. Like, or mixing cement, you put aggregate in to make to make concrete. It's like well, so um, the five we translated it in our chanting book as the five focuses of the grasping mind as a, a, a more kind of accessible way of relating to that. But uh, there's a um, a little article that was written by uh, uh, Richard Gombrich, Professor Gombrich, who's who is now retired. was uh, was a professor of Pali and Sanskrit at Oxford University, and uh, uh, he, uh, uh there's a, a sutta in the um uh i think in the um Anguttara Nikaya called the burden uh, and the um uh, and in it it's describing uh, it, the, the buddha says i'll teach you the burden and, and how the how the burden is lifted up and how the burden is put down and what is the burden the burden is the five khandas and there's another sutta um that's now a little, you know, not not too far away, and that uh, uh, Professor Gombrich said. You know, I think that these these two were, were originally quite close together because they seem to relate to each other. And in that Sutta, it talks about uh, a Brahmin tending fires or keeping the fires uh, keeping the fires alight, and then the Buddha uses the imagery of of um, of, uh, of letting the fires go out. And that, uh, and the, the image that that, uh, that uh, Professor Gombrich comes up with for the upadana kandas said because upadana, along with um, meaning clinging or grasping, it also means fuel like, like petrol or firewood is 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 upadana, and it's not just a, a word that's spelt the same way uh, but has a different meaning. It's actually the same word that has both of those meanings. Uh, Upadana means fuel and also means clinging. And so this image of the groups of clinging are also the groups of fuel or the bundles of fuel. And he said, if you put these two suttas side by side or you look, you look at them together, the image that comes up is of tending these fires, gathering these bundles of firewood and trying to carry five bundles of firewood around all at the same time. Um, to, to keep the fires stoked, uh, like the the, uh, the chela, the disciple of, the, of, a, of a fire-worshipping Brahmin, that they'd have to gather all this firewood. So the image of if you've, you know, even carrying one bundle of firewood, it can be quite awkward. But having you know, one under each arm, one on each shoulder, and another bundle on your head, it's kind of it's really kind of awkward, uncomfortable, sweaty, and difficult. And he also makes the point: and if they were on fire as well, then it's even worse, <laughs> even more problematic. So I I think that that has a ring of truth to me, and the image of carrying around five bundles of firewood, um, being awkward and uncomfortable, and then the relief of putting the bundles down, ah, letting go of the the kundas, that makes a a lot of sense, and uh, it's a very relatable image, whereas language like the aggregates of grasping, it's hard to make, um, unless you've been around Buddhist teachings for years and years, and it's kind of, it's an ordinary term, but for, for people coming into it, or if English isn't your first language, it's like, what? What does that mean? So that uh, kind of the burdensome, awkward uh, carrying around of a, of a, 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 a set of loads that then it's a relief to, to put down, to, to let go of, that makes a, um, uh, a more, I say, a more relatable and I would say accurate image. So, the, uh, the, this trap represents the demon of the aggregates or the demon of the afflictions. That would be the, uh, the asavas, the, uh, uh, the outflows or the, the kilesas, the defilements. Here, the mass of humans do not understand the Dharma and only want to escape from reality. They strive to avoid it and struggle to get away. They don't want it to be the way it is, but wish it and wish for it to be other, otherwise. So, it leads to suffering by way of sensual desire desire for becoming and desire not to be. So there's three kinds of desire um, that uh, you'll possibly recognize from the Dhamma Sutta, the Buddha's first discourse, karmatanna, bhavatanna, vipavatanna, sen- uh, the desire for sense pleasure, the desire to become and the desire to get rid of. Karmatanna, bhavatanna, vipavatanna. So any thoughts, questions, reflections? Yes.
1: So when you see everything uh, dukkha rising, dukkha passing, I guess the state of mind would be uh, the feeling tone would be peace, equanimity. <coughs> and and uh, from other religion they always talk about uh, the ultimate reality when we realize it. It is love, awareness, unity, everything is like <coughs> right. But uh, here Buddha always talk about uh, equanimity and peace, the mm-hmm. coolness. I wonder are they the same
0: realities, looking <laughs> in different ways, or they are talking about different realities? Um, well, uh, my uh, I, I can't speak for exactly what the other religions are talking about, but um, uh, I would say it's probably a um, the, the Buddha's perspective is referring to... Uh, uh, a quality where you know every kind of attachment identification has been let go of, and that he you know he didn't use language like like unity or being one with everything or, or you know, allness of the the allness of the all. He very deliberately didn't use that kind of language. And in the very first, um, <coughs> the very first suitor of the Majimini Nikaya, which is, is kind of interesting, and it said in the in the commentary to it that it was the, the Buddha was. Probably, or he was speaking to a large group of former brahmins. So they, they were bhikkhus, but they were former brahmins, and he uh, he goes quite in quite a refined way into uh, the uh, letting go of those kind of being one with everything, or the allness of the all kind of. Um, and uh, claiming to be to be uh, to be Dharma, to be Nibbana to to be the All, and so on, and uh, and uh, uh, with each one, he's, he says you know, they uh, they uh, they are attaching to the idea of it. They are attaching to to various aspects of it, and that uh, the um, and it's quite a long Sutta, and he goes into and these really refined uh, sort of spiritual insights, and the, over and over again, <laughs> as he gets to the as particularly as he gets to the end of it, you he think uh, he's getting to really into deep tissue material, and he keeps saying, "You know, this needs to be let go. of, This is they ha- they have not understood this. Uh, uh, they have not let go. They haven't. They haven't understood it." I say, and then at the end of the sutta, and it's kind of interesting that that's chosen to be sutta number one in the Majima. Uh, it says, and those bhikkhus were not delighted in the Blessed One's words. <laughs> like would, so that kind of sutta number one was a failure in terms of in terms of pleasing the the uh, the, the gathering. But it's uh, it's very uh, that kind of languaging of things. It, it's um, it's very likely that the Buddha was picking up on expressions and philosophies of other groups in his time, and he's sort of picking through them so sort of one by one and and. Uh, pointing out the, the qualities of identification and attachment and grasping in subtle ways that are involved in that. And so, you know, that wherever there's any kind of identification, any kind of grasping, that needs to be let go of. And the result of that is the, the great peace of Nibbāna. And so using the word Nibbāna as coolness I think is was very, um, very, very deliberate on his part, as way of talking about the... Uh, the nature of spiritual fulfilment. So the Buddha taught us to analyse the body, to give rise to dispassion, detachment and disenchantment, and to see that these conditions are not a being, an individual or a self. It's like when we're working in the fields, we put up a scarecrow when the rice is maturing, so the birds won't alight and eat the crop. We gather grass and sticks, tie it all together, cover it with a shirt and some trousers, uh, and then the birds are afraid. They won't eat the rice now. Uh, they won't eat the rice now. The scarecrow is helping us. Now the rice has a chance to ripen. Then we can harvest it, and the job is done. But actually, it was only a skeleton of grass and sticks. Once we've harvested the rice. We can discard the scarecrow there in the paddy field. That's all there is to it. We are just like this scarecrow there in the paddy. We, uh, when consciousness leaves this body there's nothing, no different from the skeleton of grass. The scarecrow in the field doesn't go anywhere and ultimately it's just discarded there. But now we can move, we can go places. We have all sorts of thoughts and feelings and desires to do things and travel about. We think, about going and we go. We think about staying and we stay. We want to sing and dance and play according to the way of the world. To put it simply, it's just as if we were waiting for the day of death. The harvest time comes, the crop is reaped, the rice is gathered and carted away and the scarecrow is dis- discarded in the field. When the day of harvesting comes, we depart. Someone who doesn't know the beginning or end of things will feel elation or, or, and depression and go on spinning around not wanting to have illness when they get sick, not wanting to get old when they get old, not wanting to die when they die, not wanting life to disappear. But things are like this. We don't understand the law of nature. We want things to be stable and permanent. This is me, that is her. Everything is seen in terms of me and mine, and dharma is never contemplated. The point is, when it gets to the end, everyone must leave it all behind. Material gain, reputation, praise... Whatever happiness or suffering there is, it's all left here in the world. They are worldly accomplishments. We people are no different than a bird confined in a cage or a fish in a tank. Whenever the owner wants to take them, they can take; they can do so. If they want to kill them, they can do that because they're trapped in their tank or their cage. This is suffering in the cycle of samsara. There's no way out other than learning the Dharma. To know things according to the truth. This is a very uh, uh, skillful uh, simile that uh, or image that uh, Lumbachar is using here. Probably not uh, many of us have been farmers putting up scarecrows in the field. But <laughs> maybe a few of us have, um, but uh, that um, comparison of just uh, yeah know it, it it's put together at the beginning of the season and then it does its job and then it. When this, the end comes and all the bits fall apart uh he's again it's kind of a, a a blunt comparison, but it's also quite helpful because we get so inflated about you know who we are and how special we are and our, those who are our loved ones are so special and we have um uh the the kind of uh, sense of solid solidity and permanence and substantiality that that we give to to people and things and um it's, this is all to help get a, a perspective on that and to, um, to uh, say, not get lost in those um, those kind of uh, activities and uh, the appearance of control. And before the, the, the Bodhisattva left the, the household life, um, in in the later stories we have the, the image of the, the Buddha going out with, or the Bodhisattva going out with Channa, on the uh, on his chariot and going through Kapilavattu and seeing uh, an old person, uh, a sick person, a uh, dead uh, dead body, and a wandering mendicant. Those are actually from the story of the life of, of the Buddha Vipassi. They're not from the in the in the Pali Canon. They don't appear uh, in the time of uh, the lifetime of the Buddha Gotama. They're related from the time of the Buddha Vipassi many many eons ago. Um, but what you do have. Is uh, you know internal reflections to describe when he was in the palace, um, then uh, uh, his own internal considerations on on uh, aging and sickness and death, and he so, said, you know, I, I, that uh, seeing that you know all uh, all beings uh, are subject to to aging, and considering that the nature of aging, then the vanity of youth left me. Considering that all beings are subject to sickness. Uh, and uh, there's no escape from sickness, then the vanity of health left me. And seeing that all beings are subject to death, then the vanity uh, of life left me. So that word vanity is uh, used there as a, a, a description that uh, kind of lost in the idea of, uh, of um, uh, or the, the feeling of those things. So that they're kind of waking up like, well, this is where is this going to go? What's going to happen? So that... Uh, in the in the story that the the Buddha tells in various places in the Pali Canon, there isn't that trip out to Kapilavatthu with Channa. That's a, a put together later on, but the very very similar reflections on on uh, aging and sickness and death, and uh, and also in the the sutta called the Noble Quest, the Arya Pariyasa Sutta. He says, um, uh, "Why should I?" This is kind of his, again his internal reflection. Why should I? Uh, being subject to uh, to aging and sickness and death and defilement also seek after that which is subject to aging and sickness and death and defilement. Why don't I seek the unaging, the unailing, the undefiled, the deathless? And so I decided I w- I, that's what I'll do. Um, and then he left the, the palace life. So um, it's the same kind of of uh, re- uh, reflections but not uh, not so woven in with that uh, more dramatic story of going out in the in the chariot with uh, with Channa. Any thoughts, questions, reflections? The uh, the image of uh, being stuck in a cage or uh, a bird confined in a cage or a fish in a tank um the uh, uh it, it crossed my mind when I was g- uh, giving the Dhamma talk the other night um there uh, there was um, there uh, I, I was remembering uh, I didn't include it it didn't come into the Dhamma talk cuz it left my mind again <laughs> As these things do um so uh uh, I, I have a, a mind that 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 works in words a lot you can probably guess <laughs> I'm a wordy kind of a person so my mind very very rarely do I have any kind of mental images um, and uh, in meditation uh, I basically I'm all I ever see is the back of my eyelids. Um, Lumpo tomato is extremely different uh, he has got extraordinary um, uh, uh, powers of visualization he can actually like create Create colors and images and words and such like, and can re- rearrange things like say all that, that, uh, let's let's have purple or let's take it a bit, bit more pink <laughs> yeah that's good kind of be, you can kind of adjust the color tones uh, according to his wishes and and uh, he said uh, when he was a, a young monk when he was he was a uh, I think he was still when he was a novice in the um, in his kuti he uh, sort of uh, solitary retreat for a year as a novice in in, um, in Nongkai, um, and he was he had one book that he re- he had uh, uh, the Word of the Buddha by Venerable Loka, which he read about eighty times. So he really got his mind around the Four Noble Truths, and the the, the um, this Word of the Buddha is extracts from the suttas really focusing just on the Four Noble Truths and uh, the Patija Samupada and the Eightfold Path. So uh, it really came home to him in a very deep and profound way that the key, the key piece is uh, the, the, the cause of dukkha craving and the response to craving is pahatabhanti, you know, let go. And he, could, he would sit in his kuti and he'd, he'd write the words let go in his mind and he'd sort of arrange like, have blue you know, big blue words with red lights around them and have them kind of flashing on and off, let go, let go, let go. And he could... Switch the blue out for green, or <laughs> change the red to yellow, and such like. So, which is completely unimaginable for me uh, <laughs> uh, that, uh, how anyone has got that kind of a visual, visual, uh, skill at visualization. But anyway, the story goes that uh, I was on uh, my 10th rains retreat, I was in the forest in Chithurst <coughs> for the whole three months, just living in a kuti and going into the house once a day to receive alms food and then going back spending the whole day in the forest and did that for, you know, for three months. So it was extremely quiet um, and uh, very, very peaceful. And uh, I only had you know, two books with me, one of which was the Dighini Kaya. And uh, so I was doing a lot of, of uh, formal meditation, sitting and walking uh, uh, you know, every day. And, um, and so at one point my, uh, my mind was, uh, I'd been sitting for a long, long time and to my surprise, my mind came up with this particular image, quite a distinct, uh, what they call a nimitta, or visual image. And uh, in this, uh, <coughs> in this, this uh, mental image, uh, there was this, I was standing in a cave. I could, uh, I could feel this sort of rocky cave around me. And in front was a uh, night sky filled with stars and it was extraordinarily beautiful the starry sky the sparkling stars and this great great space and so I was uh, in the inside the cave you know about you know, uh, uh, you know, th- uh, about three or four yards inside the cave and there was this urge to, to move out to the edge of the cave and go out into the the big uh, open sky of uh, of the the great uh, starscape but as I tried to to move towards the cave entrance, I felt this this kind of um, uh, shackle, this this manacle on my in my leg, and I looked down and I could see this kind of metal um, uh, fetter <laughs> on my leg and a chain, and then uh, the uh, and so, and as I tried to get to the to the great open space, I could feel this of uh, this pull on, on my leg, and so that then. Uh, so this was a very distinct image. And, said, and then the feeling of, I want to get out there. And then the, the, the more, uh, as, I, as this was going on, I noticed that uh, the more it was, I want to get out of this cave, I want to be out in the open, uh, open sky, then the, the heavier the chain was and the stronger the feeling of, of, of uh, entrapment or, or, or uh, being um, uh, sort of cuffed. And then as the mind then relaxed and let go of the sense of I and me and mine and was just a, a, awake to the, to the present, then I could feel myself moving further towards the, the front of the cave and the, and the chain dissolving. I thought, well that's great, so I can get out of the cave, by, and then as soon as I can get out of this, <laughs> then clunk, you know, could feel the clamp of the, the, the fetter on, the, on my leg again and the, and the heaviness of the chain. And so it was kind of fun uh, that uh, after uh, and it sustained itself for quite a long time. Uh, and as long as there was no me, uh, me, then the the there was a sense of uh, of being uh, uh, away from the uh, moving out to the the front of the cave and out and there was just the open space and the great starry sky. But as soon as there was a oh you know I'll, I've really got it now, goes <laughs> back in the back with the uh, the the chain and the uh, the shackle on my ankle and um so that uh uh, that sense of uh of being fettered or being limited or bound uh there was there was a really clear visual representation of it's the eye making and mind making that's that uh that's the uh, the the cage that's the um uh, one of the 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 hook or the the snare that that ties that ties us down ties the heart down and when that's let go of then there isn't a, a there isn't a me escaping from the cave <laughs> or escaping from the chain if there's a me escaping then it's still locked up that was the uh, and it was just repeated, kind of over and over. So this this sustained itself for quite some time, like you know, half an hour, an hour, or something. So it was, uh, which was very unusual. Like that that happens like maybe once every decade or every couple of decades for me. So it was a, a rare a rare occasion. But uh, it's a kind of here is a lesson, <laughs> teaching. Yeah, here is a teaching, um, and, I, and I felt a very helpful demonstration of of that and that. That's why, in a sense, I can't ever be free, because uh, the person is the prison. I, 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 the, the, the bars of the, it works very well in English, in German or French or Thai, doesn't work so well, but the, <laughs> the, the simple letter uh, uh, I kind of represents that, the bars that... that uh, uh, freedom is totally possible, but you know, but the, uh, the person can't be freed because the person is the prison. Looking at dharma, don't look far away. If you look far away, you won't see. If you have doubts about dharma, look at yourself. Look at this body and this mind. What is there that is certain or reliable? To what extent are they yourself? How much essence do they have? How stable? How permanent or long-lasting are they? There's no such part that is like this, i.e. stable. We have hair, it'll go grey. We have teeth, uh, they'll decay and fall out. The ears will lose their hearing, the vision will weaken, the skin will become dry and wrinkled. Why is it like this? Because we have no power to force things to be the way we want. They follow their own conditions and do not listen to the commands of anyone. It's like a river that flows to the south. If we see it and want it to flow in the other direction, can that happen? There can only be frustration then. The water flows south, and we want it to flow north. When will this ever be resolved? Is the water wrong, or are we wrong? It's just the way to create frustration. Nature is like that things following their laws no matter how much we wish to force it to be otherwise it just continues on in that way what should we do if we think like this where can we find happiness the river flows on in the same direction thinking that we uh, sorry thinking we cannot make thinking we cannot make it change trying to do something about it we find it is beyond our ability So, I think that us uh, as humans, we've made a few efforts to redirect rivers from time to time, different places. I think in in Russia they tried to to turn the Ob River, which flows out into the Arctic Ocean. They thought, oh, if you turn that around and steer it down into Central Asia, that'll help a lot. I think they started discussing it in the 1930s. They're still discussing it. (laughs) They put the. uh, I think there probably there have been a few rivers that have been redirected, but mostly um, uh, they people look into it and think. And eventually, they come to the conclusion this isn't going to help anything. And it's too dis- too disruptive, and uh, and uh, the uh, the lie of the land is is the way it is for for very good reasons. So these are, I, th- I think, are, are also. Um, when, when talking in this way, um, it, it, uh, and say no matter how much we wish to force it to be otherwise, it just continues on in that way. So uh, again, as I was saying uh, a few days ago, it can seem a little bit uh, passive, or that uh, encouraging a kind of uh, abstraction, or a sense of um, not trying to to look after our our, uh, our lives or do anything effective or useful in the world, but. Um, It's uh, it's not, Ajahn Chah was someone who was extremely (laughs) creative and active and did a lot of stuff to change the world and and establish things, but he's talking about the the bigger picture um, and uh, the the way that rather than just being able to make a a relatively useful effect, like choosing to say certain words that might help somebody, um, that uh the The bigger picture whereby it says, if I just work this hard enough i i 'll find a way to never get sick, or uh, if I just try hard enough if I get the right uh, the right system established i 'll never lose anything that is precious, and nobody will ever, will ever be able to steal anything from me, and i 'll be able to keep all the things that I like and if I really am you know very adept and skilled, then everyone will like me all of the time, and no one, no one will ever criticize me, and so on and so forth, yeah which is, <laughs> all these things are just, uh, are impossible, but our uh, our ignorant minds often are sort of working in that direction. So when when we do get sick or somebody dislikes us, oh, how can that be? Oh, that's a real problem. Or, you know, that that, that sh- this shouldn't be happening. Or, I don't agree with this. Or, oh, really. <laughs> and it's often that, that bigger picture that we're missing because we get in, over-involved in the, the uh, the details of of our particular wishes and fears and and aversions in the present. So, any questions, thoughts? Uh, yes.
2: I got my friend for, for me from Thailand, asking me one word: what is Nipan?
0: What is Nipan? Yeah,
2: because uh, as I understand, but I'm not quite sure to tell her.
0: The, uh, the 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 best definition uh, that uh, I, I feel that uh, lumpacha used to use was: Nibbana is the reality of non-grasping. my That's the the reality of non-grasping. So when the jit is uh, not grasping anything, my then that, right that right there there is Nibbana. It's not a kind of special heaven somewhere yes, else.
2: Where can we go, that's, that, that's, that's a problem. What about if I leave my body? Yeah, we're looking for the nippan, I know even we wouldn't get it, but what is the nippan? They just ask me. Mm.
0: It's <laughs> so not a kind of, sp- yeah. <laughs> well, people tend to think of it as a kind of special heaven.
1: Mm.
2: Of my
0: chai, my chai, yeah. my chai. Couch well, I pit.
2: Duong Duong, I said no. I just I thought it could be, very cool and quiet place, but for me, I mixed up between Nippon and from Lufa. you know from Lufa. The other from, from uh, the, the, uh, like, uh, the Lord Buddha Ajahn who just to be a prom after he passed.
0: Oh, to be uh, like a Brahma God. Oh,
2: Brahma, mm. what you Brahma God? A Brahma God, God yeah. 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 Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, so that uh, well, that was one of the radical things in the Buddha's teaching was that speaking about not being born again, yes. and uh, and that being the the kind of fulfillment of spiritual potential, rather than you know you will exist forever in and in a, and be a, a fantastically powerful being in some wonderful uh-huh. blissful place forever. He said, you know, my chai, you know, any any state of being is necessarily uh, impermanent and even if it goes on for a long long time in a blissful state you the the mind can still fall from that and so for
2: me you see i keep thinking about when I'm sitting down i keep a focus about nippon and uh brahma growth what
0: a difference i'm just scared that i don't want to go to brahma the brahma (laughs) goal well uh, nippon is it's to do with that uh, the, the heart that is not seeking anything, not trying to be anything, that not uh, that sense of. Uh, well, it, it's a uh, the, the kind of a uh, a, a fullness, uh, kind of pumjai, a kind of fullness that's already there. But we, over, we forget that, or we miss that, because we're looking for things that we see and hear and smell and taste and touch. It's like when there's not grasping for this and that uh, outside, when the mind wakes up to its own, when the jitta knows its own nature, when the jitta is really sabai, then... Jitta, still the
2: jitta
0: the, is The jitta is aware, uh, uh, but it, it's, it knows, it doesn't need to get anything, doesn't need to get rid of anything it's uh some of no,
2: no,
0: not, not yeah. myself. Yeah. so uh, yeah so people think of Nibbana as a kind of super heaven that you go to and you don't you don't you don't leave I but I but it's uh, that's a, a really a wrong understanding so lumpachas um expression say it's the reality of non-grasping i think is uh, it's about uh uh, the, how the mind relates to the, the, the present moment, the Pachupana Dhamma, you know, how it relates to comfort, discomfort, success, failure, uh, happiness, unhappiness. Um, and so that when, that when the mind is, is free of grasping, there's, there's a, a great peace. Um, but it's like, the, like I was saying about that nimitta with the cave, like, yeah, you know, you can't, you, you can't take yourself with you. <laughs> so
2: you about it, about it. Yeah, I want to ask about this one yeah, for a for long time and then I can't explain to her. I said, other time, he just say find out, okay, I understand that. But she's not quite clear how could I tell my friend. <laughs> I ask you again, that's why. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Well, I hope that answers the question for her. Yes, yeah, as I understand it. <laughs> I would
1: like to add, uh, add it about this from uh, look this uh uh, uh, and, uh yes, uh, basically in this um, Abhidharma Abhidhamma the three uh pop, you know, we are in Gama which is like the assuming with uh, karma
0: mm-hmm. And then there's a The karma loka.
1: Yeah, a rupa poem which is the, a rupa poem first. Rupa poem is only to have the rupa. Mm-hmm.
0: There was no nama, so... The no, no, they have nama as well as rupa. Uh, the rupa loka, the, they deities, they have body and a mind. In the arupa loka, they just have mind, no body. That's
1: right. Uh, we are talking about rupa, rupa pom, which is only rupa,
0: but no nama. And that's not correct. Uh, there is like,
1: okay, rupa pom, uh, and I think rupa pom. I understand it's rupa only uh, one one rupa. No, no, no. I,
0: b- I believe that is incorrect. Yes, but uh, you
1: could check, but, but then that's all that the pumrupa
0: uh, is no no mai. There's only mm. that's the there is there is one Brahma Loka. there, there is there is uh, there's one Brahma. Lo- I don't know if this is what the, what the word means, but it's called the Asanya Sata Brahma Realm. Yeah. Asanya Satta Brahma Realm, and so that is—it's uh, kind of interesting that if you want to get into Buddhist cosmology, so it's a very high Brahma Realm. So it's um, it's just before you get to the Suddhavasa, the five pure abodes. So I think it's like um, number twenty-two or something of the. So it's it's a uh, it's a, a very refined Brahma Loka. It's called the asanyasatta, the the unconscious beings, and so that uh, in this in that uh, asanyasatta Brahma realm, uh, a being who is born in that realm, they have a fantastically uh, a sort of di- divine body, a kind of body of light. There's a beautiful landscape. Their lives are incredibly long, but they're completely unconscious for the whole lifetime, and the. Uh, and so that they are, they're a Brahma god, but they're totally unaware of the fact they're a Brahma god. Mm-hmm. And the cause for the for um, being born in the Asanya Satta Brahma realm is if you've developed a lot of meditation through aversion to the sense world, mm-hmm. if you've if you've made your practice dissociation from from seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking. But you've got a lot of concentration, but it's based on a a dismissal or an aversion, a rejection of the sense fields. Then the karmic result is being born in the Asanya Brahma realm. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can live there for like 20,000 kalpas. Mm -hmm. And then, but as soon as that lifetime's over, then you're back in Pechabun, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, well, no. they're, they're unconscious. And, yes. They're completely. Un- they have no for their entire lifespan. They're totally unconscious the whole time. So it's a. I think it's a significant uh, strata in the. So it's the. It's the one just before you get to the five Sudavasa, the five pure abodes, where anagamis right. get reborn. I think that might have been the proklu factor you were talking about. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that terminology. Yeah. The
2: man- <laughs> That
0: is... Uh, uh, How would you translate that? Oh, okay. ah, it's pushing. a very funny name, okay?
1: Luuk uh, mean from is, yeah. 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 is the grove. look is the grove, and it's significant... is the word? Fruit. look is, no, is, like, is
0: like a fruit, fruit. A fruit? No. Yeah, no.
1: like look like more look uh-huh. Pumpkin, like a pumpkin. 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 Yeah, so, yeah like a pumpkin. A grove. Glove, like a clove, uh, that's all you and call and a, uh, the word is, uh, and then that I
0: means uh, uh, fa- a pumpkin. A fa- pumpkin is one kind of pumpkin. So. <laughs> so the Brahma realm of pumpkins, this is, this is news to me. Maybe it's a way of describing that asanya. Maybe it's unconscious as a pumpkin.
2: I have to do some investigation. He's the uh, one that Lord Buddha wants to go and tell him, but when uh, the Lord Buddha goes there, he already gone. to the be the, to live in the parama Yes. Oh! Uh, I can't remember his name. I, know. <laughs> no. the, I know the, first, the first, uh, uh, the teach, teacher that uh, the Lord Buddha after he enlightened, and he want to go and tell him first.
0: Udaka Ramaputta. And
2: I, I can't remember. And then he goes to lay. He, records, he already gone for the Brahma cloth, so no one
0: can tell him anymore. Oh. oh okay. Okay. He dies what is his name? The Udakaramaputta. Yeah, and yeah. He, he wakes
1: up in the heaven, and then they have to show him a mirror to show him that he's a deva now, he's not, he's not here. And then he can, like, run his oh, back. That I didn't know about that. Ashwalanka Monk gave a, Shri- a Sri Lanka might be able to talk on it once.
0: Uh-huh, this not is then. old news <laughs> to me. <isn't> <laughs>
1: I,
2: I know that uh, the, the teacher <coughs> of the Lord Buddha, that he to go and. After he enlightened he's the first one that the Lord
0: would have to tell mm-hmm. to teach him. Well there was uh, yeah, the yeah the two. There was um the uh, uh was it Alarakalama first? Alarakalama and then Udakaramaputta Um so yeah, I hadn't heard about the pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite possible yeah, there but was that's a <laughs> but, yeah. the, uh, and the Brahma crop.
2: You gotta be the, from the crop in the grove. That it he close his eyes, close his ear, no one can hear it. I know he can't hear websites. anything, just no. ignoring everything. No,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That's
2: yeah. what it yeah. makes yeah. me con- oh, think That's probably us. The, the, the deep
0: part and the growth. The of his hmm. Well, I, uh, again, I think it, it's probably, I'd have to look at the story, but the... the if it's uh, Alara Kalama or Dakarama Puta, if they've been reborn in those realms, then... Uh, in where? if they've gone to the Satta Brahma realm they've been reborn there then the buddha would say okay there's no point trying to teach them because they're out of out he of reach not
2: everything that we wouldn't well, just... <laughs> So well,
0: that's it. but uh, it, to me it's also it's it's a significant uh in in terms of a symbol about about meditation because uh if you are um uh, living very skillfully, you've got really good concentration, you're developing, you can develop jhana, uh, but your basic attitude is a rejection of the sense world, and an aversion to it, if it's like a, a pushing it a, away, um, that you can develop a lot of concentration and a lot of for brightness or a lot of, uh, of focus, but because there's that aversive element that's in there then it's going to have a negative consequence. And that is yeah, symbolized by that being reborn in the, uh, the Asanya Sata brahma realm. So, but I'll, yeah, I'll, look, I'll have a look at the pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try Wikipedia. No, 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 no. The word of
2: word is say pumpkin, but uh, I think in English it could, should be the grove. A, a gourd. Word, uh, that means you won't, hear, you won't hear, you won't hear, you won't see anything, just like that. That means the Lord Buddha can't teach teach him anymore no. because it's too late. That what I read. Mm. I don't know. No, a fruit
1: on the ground. underground. I, I wonder
2: if
1: it means a vegetative state, we unconscious unconscious, and so pumpkin might be vegetable. I don't know yeah, uh,
0: that, that's uh, that would be maybe comparable.
1: <laughs> they may they may compare
2: to a pumpkin, but it's not not really pumpkin. It could, could be something that or grow or something can be in something in English. Like a know.
0: gourd? I don't know. What would it mean for? You should know. <laughs> anyway, from like so, uh, <laughs> more research is What's some research is necessary <laughs> here.
2: They use a lot of plenty, they don't necessarily always teach you what it what it means. Yes,
1: just ask...
0: Can those beings practice towards enlightenment? Uh in in this realm. no, they're totally unconscious. It's like being in a coma. They're, they're completely unconscious for like twenty thousand kalpas. They're completely unconscious the whole lifetime. So they're born unconscious. They live their whole life unconscious, and they, they pass away unconscious. So that the good karma that they created to be born in that Brahma realm, there there's no conscious experience or of any of any of it. And that when that life comes to an end, they can sort of come back to to be born again, be born again in Petchaboon Ubon in that, 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 that Hemel Hempstead.
2: <laughs> <coughs>
0: Could be, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the way that birth and death works up up the ladders and down the snakes. So yeah, they're, they're, there's no capacity to cultivate anything. They're, they're completely unconscious the whole time. Asanya means means perception. Asanya means without perception. So it's uh, it's a kind of sobering teaching. So if. If you're if you're practicing, don't base your practice on an aversion to the, the 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 sense world. It has to be a, a quality of inclusion and attunement mm-hmm. rather than rejection. But I see the speaking of perceptions. The clock has gone past I seven heard. o'clock.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: No need to apologise. No, it's uh, I, I wish to, I'll have to do some research to find out about this. <laughs>